This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Here's an item we forgot. You see this? It holds a promise for anyone who smokes. It's Oasis. And as its name implies, it promises you the most refreshing, the softest taste of all. Try Oasis. I think you'll like it. Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? Remember The Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was down oh, on the yeah, base of glasses. What about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own, and then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned into plastic. You, you want to see something really scary? Healthful yeah. smoke. Yeah, it's really, uh... I never heard of Oasis brand. I've never heard of those cigarettes before, and it's... No. And... I'm sure he smoked a bunch. Well, I have to test the product. <laughs> Send me a gross. Send me all of the Oasis. Mix it into a bowl so I could snack on it between smoke. <laughs> he liked smoking that rod, man. That was, he, he was about that life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. You know what else he was about? Writing. Writing <clears throat> television. Television shows such as? Episode number three of the Twilight Zone, titled Mr. Denton on Doomsday. Not that. <laughs> Mr. Denton on Doomsday, wow. October 16th, 1959. Welcome, folks. This is Zoning Out. Hey. So what do we think, fellas? Oof. Is it miss? What? You're not, not a fan? For, not for me. Really? Yeah. Weakest one so far, in my opinion. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, Mr. Denton, the Western. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I just don't have the the genre love. I don't know. Is it a uh, westerns thing, or is it just is it more about it? Uh, I think it's the western. Because uh, <clears throat> recently watched Tombstone. Oh, mm. didn't really first, first time. First right? time. First time. It was good, but like, yeah. You Fuck know? you, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really? Not into Tombstone? Yeah, it was good. I'll be a huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how? It's about it. You're cheating. Why, Frank, whatever do you mean? <laughs> Maybe I got to watch it again. Kurt Russell's a badass. He's going to stand there and bleed. He's going to do something. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. I mean, that's all time. All time Western. Like, yeah. I think it's number one. Really? It's yeah. got to be. In my opinion, yeah, it's number one. Maybe they're not for me. Uh, we've established <laughs> privately and possibly on a different recording of the very episode we're talking about uh, <laughs> that uh, you guys aren't the biggest Western guys. Like, I'm in a weird room. It's just because I'm like a Western, like, whore. I'm a butt slut for Westerns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like a good Western, but, you know, I'm not crazy about it. But have, I have mean, you ever Tombstone's s- one of my top movies ever. That's a good modern. That's a great modern western. Like, has anybody seen the classics? Like, has anybody seen um, High Noon? No, dude. No. no. Listen, if you like, I think you would all like High Noon because it's got that uh, that Twilight Zone, Cold War uh, ish. I mean, it's not about Cold War, but it's a very nineteen fifties moralistic fable feel. Um, it's a real, it's like, uh, as far as like classic Hollywood Westerns go, like, like that era, it's a, it's a top shelf movie. I mean, uh, you're going to be humming that song. You know, who wrote, there's a song called do not forsake me. Oh, my darling. And, uh, in that, in that movie, um, 
We'll get back to the episode. I'm sorry. It's broken out a little bit. Uh, there's a song, Do Not Forsake Me All My Darling, which is like the big title track, the big pop hit single from that movie. And it's written by Tex Ritter. You know who Tex Ritter is? No. John Ritter's dad. Like Don, John Ritter's dad was like a big country western star. Really? Yeah. Like that's how like he like he, that was his deal. Like his dad was like one of like the most influential country western musicians of all time. Like you wouldn't figure that from John Ritter. Mr. Trieper. No. <laughs> no. The town drunk in the old west faces his fast faces his past when fate lends a hand. Literally. That's the synopsis. Henry J. Fate. Literally. Henry right. Henry J. Fate intervenes in young Al Denton's life. So that I thought was cool. I wish there was more like elixir vendors just patrolling the streets. <laughs> I could use uh Yeah, right. How great would an elixir vendor? <laughs> I could use something like that in my day to day life. Find that girl pretty over there? Yeah, it's ten <laughs> seconds of a woman a woman chat and tonic. <laughs> You'll get ten seconds of your of <laughs> you oh god damn it. I, I was on to something, but my brain got in the way. That's all right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what his deal is. Like he's a drunk, and the the fate guy who's like a traveling salesman just sells all kinds of wares. Wares. He's a wares salesman. He sells him. He basically puts a gun in his hand, and holding the gun through various, just having the gun in his hand starts. He starts commanding respect from his local townsfolk. Yeah. And, so, Judd, uh, you already said right from the beginning. Not for you, huh? So yeah. as far as previous episodes, this is uh, number three is going to go at the bottom of the list? Yeah, for sure. Really? See, for me, this is probably, I mean, this might be my favorite so far. Really? They've. I think they've gone in order. One, two, three. Like one being the bottom, two, slightly higher, three, slightly higher. Hmm. Hmm. So right now we're on the upward trajectory, in my in my opinion. How about you, the rest of you guys, John? Um, of the three, it's I think it's probably number three overall, but not by much. Really? Yeah, I think um, because it's not quite as Twilight Zone-ish, you know, the guy, he comes into town, he kind of intervenes in some sort of a mystical way, but there is it doesn't quite feel as sci-fi as the first mm. two in a way. Yeah. So that's why it dipped a little for me. All right. But I, but I think he had to be really heavy handed and obvious because he has this crazy military history. Yeah. So I think, I, th- I think he, I, I mean, who, who knows, but the vibe I get is that certainly probably wanted to tell this first because of his background, but he couldn't, you can't lead off the series with this. Mm. So that's why he probably puts it third to kind of get the audience acclimated to the show. And this, yeah, this is can't... probably the earliest he can he can introduce this type of material. Yeah, you're right. He can't do like a period piece, like right out the gate. That might confuse audiences to what kind of show this is going to be. Like, that's why I think the first two episodes, because the show does go into different periods a lot. Um, sometimes, you know, past, sometimes speculative future, uh, sometimes different worlds altogether. Um, like, yeah, I think you had to keep it contemporary and kind of keep it in the vein of magical realism almost to mm-hmm. let people understand like, okay, this is, this could be anywhere, but it was as a third episode. That's neat that it's like, this is the first period episode we've had. And so I guess it's like, so this must've been confusing for people. It's like, what is this a Western? What is this? It's interesting that he goes so against the grain. Right, because Gunsmoke is number one in film. Westerns are huge, and Sterling Sterling is like, it, this isn't great, guys. <laughs> you know, he goes against it. He's like this, you know, the whole idea of like machismo, cowboy riding to town, taking down the bad guys. Yeah, it's cool pop culture entertainment, but it's horrible, mm-hmm. and it'll yeah. and it'll ruin your life. And the idea that he makes the protagonist, an alcoholic who's essentially the bumbling fool of the town. That's not what you see in the other, you know. No, definitely other not. Other entertainment. Um, and it's funny that you brought up how, like, this feels like maybe he wanted to be earlier in the, like, maybe he wanted to open the series with this episode because in the promo for this, when uh, pitching it to sponsors, 
he uh, summarized this version of the show, particularly like this episode in particular, but uh, he had like a little bit of a different take on it mm. that like the original premise, it was the same basic premise, but it had more of like a, a comedic tone to it where it involved like instead of the town drunk, it was a, a meek school teacher who somehow inadvertently became the top gun. And uh, the name of it was uh, Death, Destry and Mr. Dingle. Oh, so right. So he used that the whole Mr. Dingle thing later on with, uh, you know, Burgess Meredith with Mr. Dingle the Strong. So it's kind of like he had the theme going and he reused it later on. So this was a this was a pocket idea that he's had probably, you know, obviously from the get go. I'm so jealous of him being in it. Like, imagine if you're a Serling, right? And you have like a hundred ideas and you're just you have this massive um, stack of, oh, all these different episodes. And it's like, well, this this doesn't really work here. So I'll just put it in episode 76. Right. I'm so jealous yeah. of just having that much clout and that much room to put all these stories into. Like, that's just uh, that's just a personal jealousy thing. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'll just bank this one. Uh, yeah, uh, it's for kind a few of years down the road. Yeah. Uh, right. Another popular show at the time. It's funny you talking about like this is kind of subversion, subverting uh, the nobility of the violence shown in in most westerns. Uh, like if you ever watch the show, I love it. Um, created by Sam Peckinpah, uh, the Rifleman. Uh, that was a popular show at the time. And he's just a he's a he's this po- polite rancher who lives on the edge of town, who's he's really good with a rifle well i mean like he is so goddamn awesome with a rifle like you could you can't draw on him with a with a pistol you can't outdraw him he just pulls that rifle out and you're done and he's just like this guy who just has a kid and he's just like every episode like the sheriff will come there's some bandits running into town i'll try to talk to him but i'll bring my trusty rifle and (laughs) he winds up every episode murdering them he has no i'm telling you you should probably not do what you're planning on doing shut up rifleman okay then (laughs) son go into the go into the shop go into the go into the home goods store go into the dry goods store and wait for me there i have bloodletting to do it's a great show i watch it to go to sleep because every episode's basically the same he just kills a bunch of people and uh there's actually a funny thing if you average it out, I was watching this on MeTV, which is that channel that just like the, the geriatrics all watch. Uh, that sounds right. Is it MeTV? There's a thing where it's just like it's that and Love Boat reruns all day. It's like <laughs> Rifleman. And uh, uh, so and they did like they do this trivia. It's like it's it's estimated he's killed like over 500 people over the course of five <laughs> seasons. He's a mass murderer. <laughs> And it's like he's a hero. It's like this is like that's somebody who should. It's like people just come to him to die. Why do they come to me to die? Why do they come to me? He's Al. He's he's what's his name? Al Bundy in the he's Wayne's Dean World. from Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and like this, this what's cool about this episode? It's just like yeah, that's not cool, dude. That's the point of this episode of Twilight Zone. It's just like yeah, maybe it's not great to be good at killing folk real good. Yeah, because you see that you know. Al Denton's uh, the struggle that he has is that he was so good at his job, essentially. I mean, uh, so good at killing that people wanted to challenge him. And what sent him down the road of the drink was killing, what was it, a 16-year-old, he said? Yeah. yeah. In the episode, yeah, a 16-year-old boy came, challenged him, and he had to shoot that little mug dead. <laughs> yeah, we learned this when he's on the walkie with John McClane. <laughs> uh, he's telling John McClane like why he can't kill anybody. <laughs> he he basically has Reginald Vell Johnson's dilemma in the, the movie Die Hard. Is the joke? That's Thank you, you for coming. This did make me rewatch uh, Unforgiven though, which is still <laughs> so still good. a great movie. But same same themes, and that movie was kind of a phenomenon because it tackled the same subject matter. It's interesting. Like, yeah. what, what was the last thing? Can you guys have you guys seen anything recently ish? that touched on this just the idea of like someone kills someone and, and it sends them into a spiral and it doesn't glorify violence. Can you remember anything? Not, not off the top of my head. No. Right. I mean, it does still feels kind of like a novelty. Yeah. Yeah. That was always kind of, that's very rare in Westerns. Cause it's all about like, you know, it's might makes right is the theme of most like like you know that first like you know big wave of like american westerns and like uh, getting back to westerns like in the 50s 
they're ubiquitous. They are what superhero films are today. They are just they're just pumping them out. Um, and there's just, it's just too many. And like it's interesting that he takes like this is the most popular genre by far. And to like take this popular genre and basically say like take like one of their the tenants of that genre and just go yeah you know how like it's really cool and the guy's good at shooting people it's not really good (laughs) (laughs) does wear on you yeah yeah you might you might have a you might be haunted a little bit do you guys want to hear serling's military history do i uh, I don't know. Well, if that's your if 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 this conversation brought you to that, I don't know if I do. <laughs> Please. So, um, th- this is. I mean, this is. You can you, when you hear this, you can see why Serling was probably chomping at the bit to try to tell a story like this. So he enlists in the army the morning after high school graduation, following his brother. So this is November of 1944. His division, the 11th Airborne Division, used as light infantry during the Battle of Late. He's then transferred to the 511th uh, Demolition Platoon, nicknamed the Death Squad, for its high casualty rate. Serling's regiment had a 50% casualty rate with over 400 men killed. Jesus. Wow. So, so as if that's not horrible enough, uh, one day during this rare moment of calm and peace, a private Melvin Levy while delivering a comic monologue for the platoon as they rested under a palm tree. He was decapitated from a food crate dropped from a plane. Oh Oh boy. So, uh, so not that you can ever prepare for war, right? But there is, I think everyone, when that happens, it almost feels like a glitch, right? Like if you just see someone when you're not fighting, your, and, and he was friends with this guy because he led the funeral services for him. So your oh friend God. is delivering oh. this comic monologue to like provide some sort of levity during this brief window of not horror. And he's you decapitated can't even have that. From, a, from a food crate. So it's, Jesus it's, it's, your, it's your allies. It's your team. They drop food and it decapitates your, your buddy. Somebody got chewed out for that. I bet. Yeah, no, I'd imagine. <laughs> no, nah, they were right with it. <laughs> you can be a little bit more careful next time. <laughs> That's crazy. That's hard. I can't, ima- I can't imagine the scene. Imagine like, you just you're just relaxing. You're just like, all right, let's have a a tin of food and and <laughs> I don't know <laughs> a couple of oasis. Yeah, nice to <laughs> have a couple of refreshing, healthful oasis cigarettes, <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, I can relax right now. And the moment you're trying to relax. That's what that happens. And it's just like, God damn it. Now your my brain don't work good no more. Your buddy's up there telling a couple of wisecracks. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, she had some bazooms. I tell <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Jerry. <laughs> Stop fooling, will you? I'm going to do my Jane Mansfield impression. Oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, that was dark. Sorry, guys. Mm. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> Who was out then? Uh, Dan Duria. That's the actor's name, I think. Yes. Yeah, and he's uh, an amazing. Ca- if you look through his IMDb, the guy is just uh, you're con- a consummate working actor. Just has credits for decades through everything you could think of a lot of tv a lot of jimmy stewart stuff too right doesn't he yeah a lot of jimmy stewart yeah that was his boy yeah he was good there's a lot of good actors in this one that's a great thing about twilight zone i think we talked about this last episode last couple episodes is that you wind up seeing such familiar a lot of familiar faces um either just you know in the middle of their career or like in the beginning of their career and there's one actor in here there's a couple actors in here who are uh (laughs) <laughs> that you see show up in this one that are like, oh my God, that guy's going to be huge one day. Yeah. Well, one guy's going to be huge and one guy's going to be huge for me. Uh, <laughs> the one guy who's huge for me is uh, Doug McClure. And that's only because he played the mayor on the TV show Out of This World. Mm. 
And mm. uh, right, that's the reaction you should have when somebody <laughs> yeah, right. says that. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah mm. I remember that. I think oh, I remember, I think that, I remember show. that show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, <laughs> the other great actor here. Well, now you guys all knew right away as soon as you saw him, right? Oh yeah, oh, you can't mistake that grin, that yeah. mouth of his, that rictus grin of his. <laughs> Martin Landau. Yeah. That's sidekick. I mean, aside from Justin, who's weak, um, yeah. we've all uh, Ed Wood. <laughs> that we established the first time we recorded this that Justin never saw Ed Wood. Yeah, which is you gotta fix that, dude. It's on the list. Yeah, so good. I had I had Unforgiven next, but I don't know. Now do Ed Wood, dude. Switch. Do Ed Wood. Yeah, you, Ed... we've established you hate westerns, so do <laughs> Ed Wood. I don't hate them. I I feel like I should watch Tombstone again. But we'll get back to that. Ed Wood is great. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie. Yeah. And that's Martin Landau's. That was his. That's when he won the Oscar finally. In a loaded, and, uh, a loaded uh, Oscar ooh. nomination class. Yeah, it's 1995. So that's, those are all 1995, 1994 movies. And 1994 was the year of Forrest Gump. Uh, wow. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Whoa. Redemption. Whoa. It's a loaded year. Yeah, who was his competition, Whoa. I wonder? And that movie won? He won want, Best Supporting Actor oh. against... Okay. Oh, but that was nominated for Best Picture, too. Like, I think oh, that... Wow. I mean, it's just like, yeah, what a year. Wow, yeah, that's a year. I've seen all the others. <laughs> I want to see this. It was the 67th... Uh... All right, do you want to hear who we beat? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was Chaz Palminteri in Bullets Over Broadway. Wow. Okay. Paul Schofield in Quiz Show. The hell? Okay. Really? Lieutenant Dan himself, Gary Sinise oh, in Forrest Gump. Gary Sinise. Oh. I mean, in a lot of years, he that's a landslide for him. That's a Yeah, that's a 100% win. I'm sorry, and Lieutenant the- Dan. She smelled like cigarettes. <laughs> 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 and another Delicious fella. Oasis cigarettes. She smells like Oasis cigarettes. <laughs> Uh, are you familiar with the character Jules Winfield from a little movie called Pulp Fiction? Oh, played by Samuel God. Jackson. Yeah, dude. Wow. Like, like you have two top tier iconic performances and those other schmucks. I, I mean, I know. Yeah. Quiz shows no, it's, okay. it's okay. It's fair. On, but it's okay. Quiz show, stop. Uh, but yeah, you have those two and you go up against those two on that year, those movies, and you still win. That's how good Marty Landau is in and Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Yeah. And, and he's great in this. He's just, you could see oh, this guy destined to be a star. Yeah, he's having a ball. Yeah. And he kicked the teeth out of the bartender. And that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that little moment where he clearly he broke a guy's face? <laughs> so the bartender inside was coming to see what all the ruckus was about out of front of his saloon. And. He mule kicked the door <laughs> into the man's face. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's one of those, we'll leave it in, but a crime was committed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Martin Landau's going to be a star, so don't don't get him in trouble. Just let it. And we'll pay for your, we'll pay for your surgery. Uh, yeah. We'll just, or we'll just kill him and drag him out the behind the place. <laughs> yeah. Act as a cattle. We'll get another bartender, a better bartender, I tell you, Jerry. <laughs> this one's no good no more. Drag him up to the oil fields up on the horizon. Did you notice that? If you looked in the background when they uh, they panned in the opening shot, mm-hmm. you see uh, all oil wells up in the up in the distance, like modern <laughs> technology, mm-hmm. like for the time, like you... giant oil wells. Really? Yeah, in the back, in the opening shot when they're panning into the town, up in the background. That's fine. There's like oil derricks up there. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, that, that's a, a script he must have got chewed out for that. Real, real quick. Props for Landau. So he's 31 at the time of filming for this. It's the first time I had seen him under the age of probably 70. I think. Yeah. So yeah, me too. Yeah. So 1988, he gets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. It's an Oscar nom, Best Supporting Actor for Tucker, Man in His Dreams. The next year, an Oscar nom for Best Supporting Actor again, Crimes and Misdemeanors, which is also a great movie. And well, then I, didn't realize, he, I didn't realize he was that hot in the 90s. Yeah. And then he wins wow. for Ed Wood in 94. Well, in 95, <laughs> but it came out in, in 94. That's wild. Wait, when did Plan 9 from Outer Space come out? Is it 59? That's a good question. I think Plan 9 came out. I just, sorry. My brain does Does this. Yeah, and now I can't can't stop. Plan 9. Can't focus on anything until you find Plan 9 from Outer Space. 59, same year. Boom. Same year. Wow. And that's Bella's final performance. Coincidence? (laughs) I don't know. Um... Yeah, I mean this episode. I I enjoyed this episode. It's a great, uh, it's a great, which was rare at the time, an anti western. Um, that's what people like. What people? Uh, I'm sorry, I had so much gas from. I just swallowed a lot of diet coke at once, and <laughs> I had gas, and I'm trying to get the words out before the burp surfaces, and it's just I couldn't make it. Sorry, Drink folks. Right. I failed everybody. Um, Did you know Martin Landau was the voice of Scorpion and the? Spider-Man, the animated series. What? No. Yeah. Jesus. Four episodes he did. I'm checking out the, I'm celebrating the man's entire catalog right now. Yeah. I mean, I've, he was also like, his, the thing I watched a lot uh, growing up was the original Mission Impossible. Mm. Oh, yeah. And he was, uh, he was like, like the, the big, uh, he was like the top guy in that show. I mean, it was him and Peter Graves. And I forget the woman who played his wife. Um on the show or no whose wife in real life actually i'm sorry um barbara barbara damn it but that's a a solid show as well passed away in 2017 at the age of 89 but yet he appeared in a movie this year called without a ward so he died five years ago but he's in a movie coming out this year on freebie so there you go that's that's the power of landau they're just banking just Landau performances was so like he's. We're not going to have him forever. Let's or, just keep. Let's <laughs> keep him are. in the vault. A lot of great character actors. Oh, uh, a fun character actor that shows up in this episode um, is uh, Bill Irwin, um, who, oh, who I, I re- remember. Like when I looked him up on IMDb, I'm like, he's in. Has a ton of credits, obviously, but he's in a movie that me and Chris know, and I love the way he does the guy's impression. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, Catherine, he's uh, part of the, he's one of the couple of old people that Catherine O'Hara runs into at the airport to like swap tickets with them in the movie Home, uh, in Home Alone. And uh, he's just this, uh, he, he plays the greatest, ju- it's a very memorable little part. He's just an yeah. annoyed old man. I'm hungry. He's just like, <laughs> I want to go. That's whole nice. Sh- whole shoebox of him back at home. Dangly ones. Dangly ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was fun seeing him. Um, who else is in this episode? Did I mention Doug LaClaure? And now he's on Out of This World. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he did. Um. Yeah, this was a great episode. I I, I enjoyed it. I I still put it third because I. But that's just more about the oh, strength. See, I had one man. I have it. It's my it's top for me so far. Hmm. I'm gonna be the minor. I know I'm the minority in it, but god damn it, I'm sticking with it. It's not an I episode I'd sit there and go, "Ew, you like that episode?" It's just it's just more about the strength of the other two. I think we're just stronger. Like this was fine. This was really good, actually. Yeah. Um, I will take Umbridge if you say the next episode is your favorite. I don't think that's going to happen. That's a tease, everybody. That's a tease. But I think part of the fun, the reason I have the first two a little higher is just because it was just so much fun to get into the Twilight Zone again. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. watching those first two, I'm kind of back in that world. It's exciting to watch this thing again. This is this kind of this is when it kind of it's like, oh, right. Individual episodes. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. it just you lose a little momentum, but that's really just kind of how I'm watching it also. Yeah. Directed by uh, Alan Reisner, this was his only appearance directing The Twilight Zone. Wow. He seems to be big journeyman uh, TV director. His credits, and, you know, directing credits, and over over 90 from every every show probably that's been on television, from Airwolf to, 
you know, the Twilight Zone. He did Airwolf? That's yeah, sick. He did an episode of Airwolf. Playhouse 90, which Requiem for a Heavyweight. Which, right. You know. I was that, obsessed. I am obsessed with. And I can't wait for you all to watch it. I, that's something you might want to watch together because it's really a fun watch. Because we kind of watch these separate, but that might be like a, we should have like a Requiem for a Heavyweight party. Yeah, we could watch it and do uh, like uh, a watch along type of thing, like a live commentary. Yeah. As we watch it. That'd be fun. Yeah, that might be fun to do. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like it, it kind of is like that might be like a bonus like episode that we do for like our eventual like army of fans <laughs> that love us. Yeah, that's, that's gonna nice. Happen. It's nice to dream. I'm gonna secret that shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna secret of an army of fans. It's just like listen, you just believe it and it happens. Put on your whiteboard. Oh yeah, I got to whiteboard that. It's a whiteboard operation. You know what's nice though? My favorite thing so far is that these are like twenty-five minute episodes. Because <laughs> I feel like everything nowadays is like an hour like, long or yeah. a three hour long movie and it just locks you in there. Do you these have two like, and a half hours to watch the season yeah, finale? They're good. They're quick, get you in, they're out. Yeah. Nice story. Yeah, when did it become decided that like sitcoms were a half hour? This is before all these things were codified. It's like, okay, funny shows half hour. <laughs> Serious shows, hour minimum. Yeah, like, yeah. That was like a thing. It's like it's so it's weird to watch a half hour drama. Yeah, nice. yeah. But it's nice. It's like, I like mm, it. get in, in get out. Kind of works. That's that's my feeling with a lot of like genre type stuff, like horror, sci fi. It's like get in and out. Show me what I want to see, and let me go home. Yeah. Like I just want to visit. I don't, I don't want to move in. I just want to visit this place. Yeah, and it feels like movies are actually getting longer. I mean, TV longer. definitely is, but even movies are yeah. getting longer. And it's like, we're in this weird dichotomy. It's like our, our attention spans are getting shorter, but our entertainment's getting longer. It's this weird, yeah. I don't know, it's bizarre balance. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting pulled apart. We're getting pulled <laughs> apart, I tell you. <laughs> you know what? Well, it's a shame that that app uh, didn't, didn't take off when, uh, what was it, the... The little five-minute clips on uh, what was the Q-B? streaming? Quibi, Quibi, Qu- uh, Qu- right? Quibi, Quibi. It's a shame that uh, we lost out on that one. Yeah, yeah uh, not really. <laughs> it was such they were throwing such incredible money. I mean, yeah. no, I like that idea though. It's like there's something to it. It's just like I do like bite-sized entertainment more, like entertainment more because it's just like it's fun to have a long-haul show. Absolutely. But it's sometimes it's nice. Like I don't want to like sit there and try to connect this to the last episode and understand right. I don't where want... it's going next episode. I just want just hit me with something. Right. Every yeah. episode doesn't have to be mm. a lot. You know, give me some. Like I don't want every single show I watch <laughs> to be a fucking thesis. I need yeah. just I want to just come in, sit down, be entertained, and leave. Yeah. Well, it's it's like also when I watch a show now, it's like. Okay, I need to skip as soon as it starts. It's skip advertisement for another show, then mm-hmm. skip recap for that show, then skip the long intro credit scene, and then at the very end, uh, skip the long preview for the following episode. <laughs> this is just it's like Judd said: twenty-five minutes, beginning, middle, end, standalone story, and then I'm out. On to the next one, which is a totally different yeah. adventure. It's beautiful. You know, Serling at the end is like, stay tuned next week. We got something. <laughs> he doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy television shows? Well, I got one of those for you. Next week You'll see on the soon. Twilight Zone. Hey, let me wet your whistle everybody. for next that week. <sighs> that's a waste of smoke right there. I just blew it. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. I went to the movies the other day, and it's there's a half hour of previews now. Oh, half hour, man. And, you know, most of it looks awful, but it's literally a half hour. It used to be you ran to the theater to see the previews because it's like there's going to be two previews and it's going to be done and I'm going to miss them. I'm not going to know what's coming out. And now now previews, you could watch previews anywhere on your phone. You can't escape them. them. You you literally can't escape them. And now they just is like, oh, here's 14 movie Mm -hmm. previews. The last movie I went to, what did I go see last? Uh. I don't remember. Dude, you can't it open was. Facebook without it was thirty-five minutes. Ads. But the movie, yeah. thirty-five minutes of of uh, 
of trailers. Yeah, it's crazy. And, mo- and most of it's just like dog shit. Mm. That's why you got to go to Alamo. They're very nice about that. And, and oh, Nicole, we just, ours just opened. Oh, you? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, the one on yeah. Staten Island. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Nicole Kidman talking gibberish to me. Um, <laughs> Maybe how is that still a, good... a thing? <laughs> I, how is I, that I still a thing? thing? I want to see this on the silver screen. <laughs> I want to see me on the silver screen. But it's Oi. been a joke <laughs> for over a year, and it's still alive. It's like, what understand. are you doing? You know, the movies are open, right? I don't know why she does She does not sound like that. You know, the movies are open, right? So hop in your you and come on over. <laughs> <laughs> up, up in the U, watch, watch your favorite actors, stars. It's dark in here. <laughs> you like the pictures, do you? You might even yeah. see me. You weak cunts. I might even whip out me minge. Check out if it's rated ARG. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why does she sound like she's that? Australian. <laughs> she's Australian, dude. Did you know that? That's the best. Come on. That's <laughs> culture. Justin, you're going to pretend that's not the best Nicole Kim in a private general? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's happening? <laughs> um, they oh. really want. They really want you to get so with that M and M's too. There's like eight coming attractions for Coca Cola. That's like starring. <laughs> Oh yeah, M and M's. They the bet, the fly war- out of spaceships and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coke doesn't defy the laws of gravity. <laughs> You're overselling this product to me. Oh, Have a beverage. <laughs> Don't forget to eat beverages. That's how these places make their money. <laughs> Oh, God. You think we're selling movies? No, we're selling cotton. We're selling popcorn, mate. <laughs> we're in the popcorn business, <laughs> not the movie business. Oh, that's so funny. Can I give you guys? Can I finish off the uh, Serling military history? Just because mm. oh, this does more than a, a, a food. Well, it's, <laughs> this, it's a little was, more positive. He was set on yeah. fire at breakfast one morning. <laughs> His pancakes killed his best friend. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So he's awarded the Purple Heart, the Bronze Star, and the Philippine Liberation Medal. Oh my god! Uh, so this is why the episode it bumps up a little for me because just to hear him talk about it, he said, "I was bitter about everything, and at loose ends when I got out of the service. I think I turned to writing to get it off my chest." So in a way, it's—I mean—I'm happy for him that he actually had like some sort of outlet, you know, a creative yeah. outlet. God, you know, I think about how many people were just like stuck with all that horrible in their head. He could at yeah. least kind of go somewhere with it. So good for him. Yeah, um, I mean, you could see <laughs> he it paid dividends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those he wrote seven thousand episodes of this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wrote till his hands. I mean, he wrote a lot in the sixties. Like that guy, he cracked his knuckles, and those fingers never stopped a flying. Yeah, it was a, a fact that was like. Uh, when he was writing the show, it wasn't uncommon for him to write 98 hours a week. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Which is insane. What so, was more detrimental to his finger health? The cigarette nicotine burns or uh, <laughs> or the typewriter? Oh, those yellow, oh, those that index and middle finger, that little spot, that must have been. Just rot. Just a no. oh, yeah, just a rot. That, that tar, that, that tar thing. Leavings <laughs> that he had on those fingies, <laughs> and that jack o' lantern mouth of his. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Judge, listen. what do we have for the movies? Are you so Unforgiven, Edward? Anything else? Unforgiven, Edward. Just, just from you watched Tombstone. We brought up. Have you seen Blazing Saddles? Yes. Yeah, okay. Good. That's a good one. All right, because that this apparently I don't even remember this, but in Blazing Titles they have a uh, a parody of a, of this episode where really? Gene Wilder uh, he was a top gunfighter until he was challenged and oh, shot yeah. by a six year old boy. Oh wow! Yeah, right. It's funny. Um, you want to hear something cool? I this is sort of a tangent, but uh, I looked up. I just happened. I said, you know what? Let me look up what movies were popular in 1959. 50, and it turns out 59 
was a wild year for movies. There's like a lot of classics on this year. So like this is why like TV's like like this is when like TV's starting to become what it would be for the rest of the 20th century, the dominant like uh, media outlet for the country, like the way most people got their entertainment. And this is like, we're still not there yet, but it's about, it's about to blow up. And so like, you know, Hollywood's introducing CinemaScope. I think we talked about that last week, just like to combat this. Cause, cause also shows like Twilight Zone, the quality's there. And so you're like, whoa, we got to really step up our game. So this, this is like the year. This is like some of just a random smattering of movies from that year. North by Northwest. Hmm. Uh, Some like it hot, which I hate. I don't want to get into it. North by Northwest. (laughs) Uh, Martin Landau and uh, Ken Lynch, both uh, actors in this episode. Yep. So it's a are good... both in North by Northwest. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a big year for Landau. Um, Sleeping Beauty. Um, hmm. uh, the 400 Blows. So we're like getting into like things are starting to change in cinema. Like it's now like the French New Wave starting to kick into high gear. And another one of my favorite Westerns of all time. Like if you're ever going to watch a John Wayne Western, there's two you should watch. If you're in, if you ever want to go that route, um, one is the searchers and it's John Ford. It's him and it's mutually agreed upon by everybody that it's him and John Ford's best collaboration. You see shots from it ripped off all the time. Uh, it's like, it's an amazing film. Uh, but the other film, which is actually, I prefer cause it's way more fun, uh, is Rio Bravo. Um, it's with Wayne, uh, Dean Martin playing the town drunk who redeems himself, not in the same way. He redeems himself by learning how to kill again. <laughs> um, mm. uh, Angie Dickinson, va va voom. And, uh, <laughs> and pop star Ricky Nelson. No, Angie Dickinson is mm. gorgeous in this movie. Um, and she's like, yeah, she's like 20 years old and she's like with 50 year old Ponchi, like gross old man, John Wayne, <laughs> like that she's his love interest. Naturally. Uh, just like real like, oh, that's a movie magic right there. <laughs> and when does the Eastwood trilogy start? That's gotta be soon. Sixty-four. Oh, so that's like right around the corner. Yeah, so that's when they start really like deconstructing the Western. So this is kind of predating that a little bit. I mean, there's some films like another good uh anti uh, sort of anti-Western that came out this year that I just found out about uh from my buddy Larry Blamire, uh, who I'd love to have on the show one day. He's uh yeah, we'll definitely get him on. Yeah, he's a filmmaker who's made uh, The Lost Skeleton Cadavera, uh, and he's a big television nerd. Oh, and he'll take real umbrage with your gun smoke comments, John. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a big gun smoke nerd. Uh, he'll gun smoke you over that shit. Um, uh, Day of the Outlaws, the name of the film, and it's really good. Um, smaller film, very dark, dark for its time. Like, ooh, wow, I'm surprised. Um hmm. Uh, but uh, what else? Oh, Darby well, O'Gill and the Little People. That's a masterpiece. I haven't seen that since I've I've never sorry, seen what was that. You've never s- Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It's a Disney film where it's him and a bunch of leprechauns. This some <laughs> Irish fella and a bunch of leprechauns. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that. Uh, so uh, let's get to the ending of the episode. Mm. Al Denton gets his his uh. Shot back essentially from from uh, the merchant, and just like in his previous life, the new young gun is coming to test him. So fate offers him his little potion, little magic potion that for ten seconds will give him the ability to be a dead eye once again. And when the face off happens, the young gun pulls out his own potion. A twist I did not see coming. Mm-hmm. And because they're equally matched with this magical elixir, it ends in a draw. And they're both spared. Uh, they're both like it, the young guy feels like his life's being taken away from him. It's like, no, I just you just got your life back. Yeah. And the old person, like the older drunk, uh, is sees it and goes, oh, like this was. It's like now I I got the respect I, I I got my self respect back, but I don't have to kill. I'm not obligated to kill no more. Yeah. So it works out great. Thank you, Mister. Works Fate. out, and their hands will oh. bullets. To, they take bullets to the hands. Like you you stub your toe. It's like just a ah, ah. Yeah, I guess 
Yeah. <laughs> this, will, this will marginally inconvenience yeah, me. They go, ah. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Like a weird like thing in like old westerns. Like the shooting of the hand is like kind of like, ooh, that's smarts. Not, <laughs> holy shit. Oh my God. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. <laughs> I have no hand. Oh my God. Pick up my thumb. Is that my thumb? <laughs> You're built different back then. Yeah, and the doctor is like so quick to just diagnose it. He just walks over, already holding like something to like wrap it with. He's like, "Yep, that hand's no good no more." <laughs> How would you do, on a one to ten? What would you give this episode? This is a seven. All right, solid seven. Yeah, it is a solid seven for me too. I'll go with that. I'll go six. It's a fiver. It's fair. Five. Ooh, of the road. <laughs> maybe maybe I have to do six. Yeah, no, don't think I have pressured. Yeah, don't know. I think I have to do six because five is a little too weak. Yeah, five is uh, save your fives for later. Yeah, Yeah, I know it's coming. There's some fives coming. I know it's coming. There's some fours or threes coming. (laughs) What would you guys do for the first for the first two in retrospect? How would you grade those first two? I'm gonna give um the first episode. What was the title of the first episode again? I don't remember. Um, something. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Uh, I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna give that a six. Where is everyone? And the one second the episode, the one. one for the angels. I'm gonna give a seven as well. Um, I would give. See, I'd say I put this slightly above. Where is everybody? Because I just like the cast more. So I'd say this would be I'd say yeah I gotta go with a six on where is everybody I mean I don't know if it's a six too mean like because it seems harsh but I enjoyed the first episode but I think I enjoyed this a little bit more so maybe yeah. six and a half but I give uh, the second episode a solid eight maybe nine I love that episode. really yeah I, I mean it. it's it's great it's a great episode I'd give it a, I'm gonna stick with a seven on it maybe this one I might give a seven and a half. Just to give it a little bit of an edge. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this is really good, this one. I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, despite Judd being such a... What about you, John? <laughs> uh, I Again, it's tough because the first one, I was so excited to watch The Twilight Zone again. And I did really like the, the, the conceit of this guy alone in this town. And there's just dolls and mannequins everywhere where people should be. That was just a cool, what the hell is yeah. going on here? So I'll go seven for the first episode. And six for one for the angels. Wow. Oh, Damn. my heart. Oh, what Edwin. Listen, I, you know how I feel about Mary Vaughn. I love him. Yeah, that's true. I love him. Keep the beaches open. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm a sap. I think I, I just, it's because I'm a sap and that got to me. And that's why I enjoyed that one uh, so much. I'm but. trying to be kind of uh, critical, probably overly critical, because I know we got some real bangers in the future. And I don't know what a 10 yeah, that's is. Why. You know? I'm trying to yeah, be real it? savory for that 10. Yeah, I know I mean, it's not a 10. Yeah, I don't know what we base. <laughs> yeah, this could not. This Again, there's a lot to come. Like, we haven't even hit, like, like any marquee episodes yet. Like, really. Mar- like, you no, know. I mean, we're only on episode three. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I should hold off on that eight, nine. That's why I'm sticking to the seven. I'm not going to be giving away eights and nines all willy-nilly. You got to earn that eight. You know what? I'm going to announce something, something we've got coming up that I'm excited about. What's coming up? That everyone's excited about. The thing that's taken over my life for the past (laughs) five days? That thing? Dude, I haven't stopped thinking about it all day, every day. So starting this this show got us really rolling on, you know, just, just watching things in general and talking about them. And with the Halloween season upon us, we thought no better time than to go over our favorite horror movies and discuss them in the same manner we are these episodes. But we're going to do it a little different. We're going to do, over the month of October, starting with the first week of October leading up to Halloween, a draft. We're each going to draft our top five favorite horror movies. But no one can have the same movie, so it's going to get a little tricky. And... We're going to leave it up to our listeners to vote who has the better team to win the spooky Halloween draft spectacular. We gotta, we're got we still working on the name. Official name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm so excited for this. I literally cannot wait. 
when you first I, brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, I think I could, you know, whip together a quick list of my favorite, and then it sent me into an introspective hellhole, which I've yet to crawl out of. I mean, I'm right a, there with you. It's a quagmire. You've sent yeah. this down. Now it's also not just thinking because of the draft aspect of it. It's not just like picking my favorite episode. I have to think about how I'm going to snake all you sons of bitches. Right. With my it's picks. Like, well, I can't let them have this one. And I can't let, but do I want to take this one so early? What do I do? What do I do? And we've all agreed there's the no Jaws clause. Yes. Because Jaws would probably be everyone's top pick if we left that in. on We left that one on the table. Yes. And I think we all agree that Jaws isn't your... I'm not going to consider it a full-blown horror movie. Yeah, we, no, we've no. actually... That was the other issue, was like figuring out what we're going to define as horror. Because there's certain things that it's just like... is that we, Dude, how many texts have we gone back and forth with? Is this a horror film? I'd yeah. say yes. All right, I'd like, say, say no. yes, say no. Like, for example, like we hit on... And this is going to be like, people are going to go, what the... F-? But I we don't consider The Monster Squad a horror film. I think it's an adventure film first with monster film trap, uh, horror film trappings. Right. And the I think that's Monster Squad kinda... isn't to terrify you. Yes. No. It's, too whimsical. it's whimsical. But then yes. there's things like, is Evil Dead 2 a horror film? Because it's got a lot of wacky elements. But we all agreed, I think it is, because it operates as a horror film first. First. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like, there's a lot of things. It's, it's very tricky. Our criteria might not jive with yours, hmm. but fudge you. What about uh, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods? Would that be a horror movie? Huh. See, that's mm. a great example. It toes the line. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. 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 I'm gonna go yes. yes. But that's uh, tricky. Like you, you can't it's not obvious. Like, well, it's doing other things. Right. Yeah. But it operates yeah. as a horror movie first. Yes. Yeah. Cool. See? These are the kind of things you have worked to, it out. What to look forward to. <laughs> I've I've been Ray Liotta from the last half hour of Goodfellas. Trying to put the flip together. <laughs> I had a shakeup in my top seven two days ago that put me in a tailspin. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Driving around town, so I'm like, I gotta have my little brother store this up. Is that helicopters? I'll show you helicopters. <laughs> He's standing outside of like uh, where uh, Best Buy is in uh, this, Staten uh, Island Mall. That's a, yeah. yeah. He's standing out there where uh, the, what's over there? Uh, the, it's a stop and shop now. It's a stop and shop now. He's standing in Staten Island. It's like, look, see that Karen? <laughs> it's heart first brain. It's do I take the thing that I think will get more votes versus. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. And I want to talk about it. It's that. It's those two things pulling out each other. Yeah. And we'll Score have a good time with it. So I'm excited. Bowl. I'm excited. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited about it. So I think I uh, myself out for that. I think on that note, we'll uh, close it out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for zoning out with us. I'm Christopher Feinstein. I'm John Sachs. I'm Frank Bonacci. I'm Judd Feinstein. Damn, we went, we went both names. Double this name one. them. Oh, there it is. They didn't oh. see that coming. That was sick. Didn't see it coming. Yep. So Thanks, folks. Thanks for zoning out. Thank you. <laughs> Later. Love you.